This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 16, Episode 6. This is Writing Excuses, building your brand. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Aaron. I'm Brandon. And I'm Howard. Awesome. We are back here in our intensive course on publishing business, and we're going to talk about branding uh, and what kinds of things we need to think about. Uh, What do we mean by that, Brandon? So this is something that I have come to realize I think about a lot more than most of my writing friends. Um, uh, which is when I was breaking into the business and even still, uh, a major idea in my head was how to brand myself to my audience, uh, how to stake a claim on a part of the writing industry or part of the, you know, the continuing dialogue or uh, great discussion that is the publishing, the, the, the a genre, right? Um, and I very deliberately wrote a bunch of books and decided what it was that I did really well that made me stand out. And I made that a major feature of my career. Um, and what this allowed me to do, um, my goal from the get go, I looked at the careers of a bunch of different authors and I identified some that, um, whose career path I didn't want to follow because they would often talk about being locked into a series, a certain series, and being only people only wanting to read that one series from them. And then there are other authors. Neil Gaiman is a great example of this. Of whatever that author wrote, the fan base went and read. And I realized Neil Gaiman had done a really good job um, of branding Neil Gaiman as a writer. Rather than branding Sandman or branding any other thing, it was whatever Neil writes, people are going to go read. Um, Nora, N.K. Jamison, has done a really good job of this recently in saying this is what she writes and the feel of her writing and whatever she puts out, we're going to go read because we are into her writing rather than branding to a series. Whereas some places that this happens the other way, a lot of YA writers, I noticed, accidentally fell into the series becoming the brand. And so it's become very hard for instance, Suzanne Collins, to get another series or get people interested in something else. And I have some other YA friends whose names I'm not going to mention because I don't know if they want me talking about this with them, but that have released other books, not in a series that they are well known for. And they just vanish, even though these authors can demand huge advances and lots of attention when they write in their series. Anything else they try just fails, and I think this is partially a branding failure rather than their other books not being good, because I've read some of these other books, and indeed, they're very good. Yeah, I suspect uh, that some of that with YA specifically is just the nature of the YA audience that has a a very specific kind of blockbuster mentality that we don't see often in others. But this this branding issue is definitely there, and I've done this myself. Uh, The first year that I was on Twitter... My Twitter handle was John Cleaver, um, and it was uh, Howard, I think, that finally convinced me to change that out and become Dan Wells instead and really work about building my own brand as me. And it's especially, 
I, I feel kind of especially stupid for doing that because in terms of my actual books, I did make a strong effort to, you know, make sure that my second book series was as wildly different from my first as possible. Uh, and so even if you're thinking about this in some areas, it's still an easy mistake to make in others. Indeed. Um, one of the things that really helped me in this was deciding what made my writing unique. Um, and, you know, another uh, pointing back uh, to N.K. Jemison, this is a uh, this is something very easy to see in others. Sometimes it's hard to see in yourself. Uh, what does Nora write? Nora writes um, uh, stories that are in the traditional fantasy tradition, but that are using modern literary techniques, borrowing from literary um, uh, fiction and kind of making a blend where you have the characterization and pacing of uh, traditional genre fiction and the literary styling of literary fiction and kind of marrying these two together. And uh, each book or series she writes, she finds a different way to marry a different type of literary, um, um, you know, flourish with a different type of um, science fiction or fantasy. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the series that won all the awards was, hey, we're, she's going to do a really cool magic system and marry it to somehow second person voice, right? Which is just like so literary and it works. Um, for me, my branding, the thing that I did, as I said, it's I'm going to be the magic system guy. Um, uh, I was writing a new world with every book. I was, uh, I was writing in, during my early years and I really fell in love with writing these kind of rule-based magic systems, kind of um, sometimes called hard fantasy. I don't know if that, if that term actually really worked. But the idea is that you're going to get a really interesting take on magic that's very rule-based um, in every book of mine you pick up. I was able to pick that because I had written a bunch of books and known whatever I end up writing, this is something that I just naturally put into every book that I try. And I would say if you don't know that about yourself, you might be like, I don't know. I'm just trying to write the things. What is my brand is as you start getting work out there, either publicly or even with your own critique groups, is to look at what people are responding to. Sometimes you can learn your brand by having sort of other people put a mirror up to you. I, for example, I write a lot of voicey, dark work. And I don't know that I would describe myself that way naturally, but when people over and over again are like, oh, no, Aaron, I'm so excited about your next voicey dark thing. I'm like, ooh, maybe that's uh, a thing that I can cut out for myself. If you're all saying this and it's not in opposition to what I write, why not embrace it? And I, I would also say, you know, some parts of your brand you can't control. As a black writer, there are going to be certain uh, maybe assumptions or things that people might put on you based on who you are that affect, you know, the way they, they see your writing. So not everything that someone sees in you, you have to necessarily claim as your brand, but it's good to know how people see you and decide what of that you want to maybe lean into and what of that maybe you want to push back against. Yeah. No, that's really smart. Um, real, and one of the things that I want to mention uh, that, that kind of jogged in my brain, Aaron, is this idea that the brand doesn't have to represent the whole soul of your writing. Um, honestly, like when I branded myself as the magic system guy, um, I, I made some deliberate choices on that, but in reality, behind the scenes, I'm like, I really don't want to be the magic system guy. I want to be the really great characters guy, right? That's what I think every writer wants. I want to be known for writing great stories. I don't want to be known for this little niche, but the way that 
marketing works, the way that writing works, the way that minds of fans work is they kind of notice things that make you stand out. And hopefully we're all doing great characters. So the fact that you do great characters who, um, you know, like one of the things that's really great about Mary Robinette's writing is she has mature relationships between adults who legitimately love each other. That's not going to be in every book she writes, but it's a hallmark of her career. She's like, I'm going to show how relationships can actually function because a lot of writers write dysfunctional relationships because that's a source of conflict where she has actively said, you know what? Good relationships are also a source of conflict. I'm going to deal with these things. And it's a hallmark of her writing. doesn't mean that great characters aren't, but that's something that stands out. And so the thing that stands out about you doesn't necessarily always have to be the thing that you're thinking of as the soul of your writing. There's a marketing 101 concept here that I've talked about before, but I think I need to reiterate. And that's the idea that the articulation of your brand, um, you know, I'm the magic system guy. Uh, the articulation of your brand is not the message that you actually want to be received at the subconscious level by the market. The subconscious level that you as a writer who wants to make money want to deliver to the market is and I'll use my own name because, of course, I'll use my own name. Oh, Howard Taylor. That's the guy who I buy all of his books. Okay, that's the message. Now, I can't come out and say, I'm Howard Taylor. I'm the guy you want to buy all your books from. Now, part of my, part of my articulated brand is humor and self-deprecatory humor. And so I can actually get away with saying that thing and people will laugh, but that's not the same as the message being internalized. And so what you need to do when you are building your brand is understand that at one level, there are the things that you are articulating about yourself. I write jokes, I write uh, I write humor that's in dialogue rather than situational comedy type things. Um, science fiction. I'm kind to people online. I try not to be a jerk. Um, these sorts of things that I articulate about myself are things that get distilled down to the reader. And as they absorb them, some of those readers will be like, oh my gosh, it's a Howard Taylor thing. I just want that because I love his stuff. And others will be, oh, it's all silly. I don't love it. I'm not buying his stuff. The value there is that, and again, this is marketing 101 stuff. You really don't want your brand being in the wrong place. I don't want people who hate funny books to pick up my stuff and then to be mad because now someone has a super negative association with me, which is that I wish I hadn't spent money on Howard's book. We, much later than usual, are going to stop. Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. 
They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. For a book of the week. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. And our, I'm actually throwing this right back to you, Howard, because you have our book this week. I do. I do. The book is called Blowout by Rachel Maddow. You're probably familiar with Rachel Maddow's brand as a commentator on MSNBC. Blowout is a nonfiction exploration of the petroleum industry written by Rachel Maddow, and she narrates it. I loved the book. I mean, as a, you know, at a high level, the meta of we have a commentator who is doing a book, and this is an extension of the brand. Um, That's all well and good. Understanding the way the petroleum industry influenced current events, influenced historical events, is not something that I had in my head until I read that book. It was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And the audiobook is narrated by Rachel Maddow, which she's easy to listen to, and that's part of her brand. <laughs> okay, so that is Blowout by Rachel Maddow. Um, now, I, we don't have much time left, but I do want to ask a question. I love the way this discussion has been going. I loved what Aaron said about having other people help you find your own kind of brand identity. One thing that was pointed out to me several years ago that I had never intentionally done and had not seen on my own is that all of my main characters in all of my books across the six or seven different genres that I write, the one thing they all have in common is that they are all obsessed with and expert in some very specific niche of knowledge. Um, And I had not done that on purpose, but it's absolutely true, even in my uh, historical fiction that came out earlier uh, last year. So what I have not yet figured out is how I can take that piece of knowledge and turn it into a useful marketing message, like Howard was just saying. So Brandon, what advice can you give us of how to turn your brand into a marketable thing. So one of the things to do is watch, um, Aaron mentioned this, what are people saying about your work? Um, what are they saying as, as, the, as the highlights of your work? Um, and you as a writer are going to have to come up with pitches to sell your work. When you are sitting on a panel, when you are even just writing a blog post, you're going to have to give a three-sentence pitch on each new thing you do. And one of the ways that you can start making this a brand for you is incorporating these things into your pitches um, so that your fans know how to talk about your books. Um, If you were provided these pitches, then they will kind of start picking up on them. And it's kind of this feedback back and forth. 
Yeah. And I would say panels, the mention of panels made me think that if you are somebody who goes to, who's able to go to conventions, they're a great way to, if you're able to speak on panels, number one, see where people place you is a good way. You know, sometimes it's random, but if you're on like 10 panels in a row about like unreliable narrators, maybe that's a thing that people associate with you. And two, like you can try to ask for panels or, or on a panel, like talk about the things that are, are within your brand or that mesh up with your brand. And it's yeah. also a great way to kind of try out some ways of talking about it because most people are just going to absorb the panel and go about their merry way. And so you can kind of hone your messaging a little bit while trying to convey information about writing as a whole. And you can also kind of expand your brand. If you end up with something like, you know, I am the magic system guy, right? Well, magic system guy really focuses on fantasy. I wanted to write science fiction and even um, I wanted to write some detective stuff. And I thought a lot about how do I expand this to match um, what I'm doing in these other genres. And so I actually have a couple of brandings. Um, one is, you know, the Cosmere. I have an interconnected universe. And so when I started doing my science fiction, I'm like, I'm going to be doing a little bit of that. But there's also this idea that more than magic system, it's like, you know, these rule-based um, uh, speculative elements that I was able to apply to my detective fiction because it's, uh, it's a, it's, there's a magic system even though there's no magic in the world. Um, the way that the person approaches solving crimes feels very like one of my fantasy novels even though there's no actual magic involved. And so being able to expand that brand and know how you can talk about these things in different genres is also really handy. Um, Mary Robinette's another good example of this. Instead of branding as historical fantasy, she's now branding as I take some sort of cool historical item and then I change one thing. And she's doing like a larger alternate history sort of thing rather than just doing fantasy. Um, and now she's got science fiction in that and things like that. And so you can still have, you can expand these things and make them umbrella and cover a lot of things. You know, Dan, you're, you talk about, you know, you've got specialists in your stories. Well, I mean, specialists, a lot of different types of genres use specialists. And if you could find a way to say, you know, I am, I do deep dives into topics um, you know, Michael Crichton made his whole career about a team of scientists get together and have a problem. Um, and yeah. that works in, in a medical thriller as well as a science fiction, as well as he did, a, you know, the great train robbery, which is a heist, all with a team of specialists get into shenanigans. That is a very good point. Lots of good things to think about here. Uh, we encourage you all to work on this and we're going to give you some homework to help you work on this for yourself. Brandon? Yeah, so your homework is to do something Aaron was talking about, actually, which is to go to your friends. You may not have readers yet. You may be um, newer. You may not have, you know, uh, readers you don't know, but you hopefully have a writing group or you have um, alpha readers and beta readers. You have been sharing your work with them. Have them make a list. Impose upon them. Um, hopefully, it's not too much of an imposition, but say, you know, what are the, ask them to write down the things that stand out for you as a writer in their mind. Uh, and do this with a couple of people because it's so hard to see in yourself and see what different connections and themes are showing up time and time again in those lists that your friends are making. Fantastic. This has been Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson.